Well, I invite your uh, reverent attention to the Word of God as found in uh, Genesis chapter 11 and verses 10 to 32. Genesis 11 verses 10 to 32. May the Lord bless both the reading and the hearing of His Word this morning. These are the records of the generations of Shem. Shem was 100 years old and became the father of Arpachshad two years after the flood. And Shem lived 500 years after he became the father of Arpachshad, and he had other sons and daughters. And Arpachshad lived 35 years and became the father of Shelah. And Arpachshad lived 403 years after he became the father of Shelah, and he had other sons and daughters. And Shelah lived 30 years and became the father of Eber. And Shelah lived 403 years after he became the father of Eber. And he had other sons and daughters. And Eber lived 434 years and became the father of Peleg. And Eber lived 430 years after he became the father of Peleg. And he had other sons and daughters. Peleg lived 30 years and became the father of Reu. And Peleg lived 209 years after he became the father of Reu. And he had other sons and daughters. And Reu lived 32 uh, years and became the father of Sarag. Reu lived 207 years after he became the father of Sarag, and he had other sons and daughters. And Sarag lived 30 years and became the father of Nahor. And Sarag lived 200 years after he became the father of Nahor, and he had other sons and daughters. Nahor lived 29 years and became the father of Terah. Nahor lived 119 years after he became the father of Terah, and he had other sons and daughters. And Terah lived 70 years and became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And these are the records of the generations of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran became the father of Lot. And Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his birth in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives for themselves. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and Iscah. And Sarai was barren, she had no child. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, and his son, Abra his son Abram's wife, and they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to enter the land of Canaan. And they went as far as Haran and settled there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have... Uh never really chronicled uh, my personal genealogies because, frankly, I haven't really cared. Uh, it makes me smile because I, a number of years ago I had an aunt, uh, she's uh, no longer alive, uh, would uh, go visit uh, with her, my, my father's sister, and she was all into this stuff. And, I mean, she could name them all going back to my forefathers in Pennsylvania, from Pennsylvania to Germany. I mean, she could... She had all the lists and books, and I would always kind of swoon and pretend like I was interested. Uh, I, I just never, 
I just never got in. I was really more interested in the chocolate sheet cake she had in her icebox. Uh, but, but reading the scriptures, it's easy to pass over these massive genealogies. Uh, but they contain uh, incredible significance. Uh, and they're also a reminder that we should know our spiritual genealogies. Uh, because it's incredibly important. Uh, it defines our origin, uh, defines uh, who we are. Uh, I would also add it defines our significance. Uh, because if you understand who you are and to whom you belong, it creates a powerful sense of significance. Important in our own culture because uh, individuals in our culture lack significance, lack identity, we, we should not be numbered among those. So in verses 10 to 32, we have the physical genealogy, particularly the offspring of Noah and his sons, and ultimately it's going to take us to Abraham. Uh, there's ten generations here, from Shem to Abraham. Uh, who along with his sons will dominate, as you know, the rest of the book of Genesis. Uh, the significance for that is uh, God finally has a man. If we turn backwards from Adam and Eve and onward to the sons of God, Genesis chapter 6, and uh, even Noah himself, uh, they've all failed. Uh, and yet here, in Abraham, God has his man. Uh, he's the vice regent who will fulfill the cultural mandate. Uh, and more importantly, the blessings of God are in his genealogy. Adam lost it. Abraham and his sons will recover it. And while you may not think this genealogy is important, I would commend to you the reality that you uh, need to understand that if you are a Christian, you are related to Abraham in a very, very significant way. And that's important because uh, the peace of the covenant of grace belongs to you. Uh, so, uh, in a spiritual sense, we, we trace our beginnings here to Abraham because we are his sons. Uh, implicit in the physical genealogy, there's something that's very significant here, uh, is a measure of the curse because there's a marked decline in longevity. For example, in verses 10 to 11, Shem uh, died at the age of 600. In verse 24, Nahor died at the age of 148. I mean, what's the great fall-off in life? Was there some great pandemic or new disease that came along. No, I mean, I think it's just God's common grace uh, to lessen the intensity of human corruption by lessening the longevity of a man and a woman's life. Uh, before the flood, the corruption had uh, reached an end point that was irrevocable. Now, in common grace, lives are shorter. I mean, think about it. Outside of grace, if men were to live today six to seven hundred years old, think of the intensity 
of the sin that would be manifest and full in our culture. No, God is gracious. He acts in a profound way to shorten the lifespan of men and women. Also implicit in uh, the uh, genealogy here is one of the great doctrines of all of the scriptures, namely the doctrine of the remnant. Because not every physical descendant of Abraham is a son of God. It's a very specific line. Uh, it's true as well in the church. I mean, let's think momentarily of, of uh, Romans chapter 9, verse 6. They are not all Israel who are descendants of Israel. What Paul is saying is that not every physical son of Abraham is a true Israelite. Romans 11.5, Paul says there has come also to be at the present time a remnant based on what? God's gracious choice in His sovereign election. It's a reminder that physical genealogies uh, really begin to lose their significance and what becomes profoundly significant is our spiritual genealogy by God's gracious choice. It's true here even at Grace Bible Church. Not every member of the church belongs to the true church. I don't know who they are. God does. But I know in the midst of that, the genealogies are important. And that you as a Christian should be able to trace, it's really quite simply simple to do, but you should be able to trace your spiritual genealogy. It's not that it's very long, really it's quite compressed, tied to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, we also know from the book of Genesis, uh, from the past, that uh, the true sons of God are those who walk with God and who go forth bearing His image in the culture in which we live. They're not perfect. Uh, praise God, He doesn't choose the perfect. Uh, praise God, He doesn't choose the qualified. Uh, he chooses those that are lost. And in His gracious choice, uh, He makes them His sons. Uh, but the overall character of their lives, they exhibit that they belong to God. Uh, and it's important in this genealogy, as tedious as it may seem, uh, that the messianic line is here. And that is what we must trace. Uh, in Luke chapter 3, verses 21-22, after Jesus is baptized, we know immediately His identity. Because a dove ascends, uh, descends from heaven rests upon him, uh, and God the Father says, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then in Luke 3, verses 21 to 22, uh, there's the genealogy of our Savior that's detailed, and much of it comes from this chapter. So from old, we switch to new, from physical to spiritual. Christ is related to Abraham physically, and Abraham is related to Christ spiritually. 
That is our genealogy. The spiritual relationship that we have with Abraham through Christ. We don't think in those terms. Like me, I didn't care about my forefathers from Arkansas, Germany, but this, this we must all care about. So the greater and true genealogy is the spiritual relationship that we have with Abraham and ultimately his relationship to Christ. A lot of people are interested in their physical genealogies. Obviously my aunt was kind of uh, overpowering uh, significance in her life. Um, lots of people put their hope and faith in physical things, even, even in the church. A decision, a baptism, a membership. In the Mormon church, there's great emphasis, is there not, on physical genealogies? Why? Because uh, you can go get baptized for the dead and, and give them some measure of inheritance and some vague notion of eternal life. I mean, that's a pagan, utterly pagan concept. Okay? Can't be baptized for your forefathers. Uh, bring them into the spiritual line. But such is false religion. Such are the hopes of men and women in physical generations. So, we place our hope and faith in a divine act. And again, that's our genealogy. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, For as many as received Him, namely Christ, to them He gave the right and the privilege to become the sons of God who were born, notice generation, notice genealogy, who were born, not of the will of the flesh or of man or of blood, but of God. At that point, the Apostle John puts an end to any significance to physical generation. I know it's important in our daily lives and our families, our sons and daughters and wives and perhaps aunts and uncles. But those things all fade but to be born of God, of the will of God, by the power of God. That's our genealogy. And we should know it and understand it because of the significance and importance it brings to our lives. Romans uh, chapter 9, uh, verses 15 to 16, uh, God says, uh, to Moses, uh, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So that it does not depend upon the man who wills or the man who runs, but upon God in His grace. At that moment, our spiritual generation our spiritual genealogy is directly related to the God of heaven. Didn't depend upon us. Our physical genealogies do. Our care and love for our families, our desire to provide for them, love them, succor them, 
But here, it's all of God. So that does not depend upon the man who wills or runs, but upon God who has mercy. It's a great reminder that, that that's the divine side of our spiritual birth. There is, of course, a human side. I mean, turn with me, if you would, to uh, Romans chapter 10. Uh, can't neglect, neglect the human side because there's a response uh, to the divine. Uh, so in Romans uh, chapter 10, uh, reading verses uh, 9 to 11, uh, the apostle Paul writes that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with a heart a man receives, pardon me, believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Our response to divine act, but also our spiritual genealogy. Think about it. Believing in Christ. I love the phrase, will not be disappointed. We live in a world and a culture that is incredibly disappointed, seemingly, with everything. Not so the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13, Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our receiving, calling upon, and believing on Him is the product of the new birth. our spiritual genealogy. That you must know. The Apostle Paul in his epistle to the uh, Galatian church uh, establishes the reality of this genealogy uh, between Abraham and Christ. I know the moment I said that if you're a Christian, you're related to Abraham. You might have thought about that for a moment. But Galatians uh, chapter 3 and verse 16. Now the promises were spoken to Abram and to his seed. He does not say into seeds as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed that is Christ. Uh, the context of Galatians 3 is the temporal and qualitative superiority of the Abrahamic covenant as over against the Mosaic covenant. It's, it's a covenant that has a promise, and therefore it has priority. And contextually, Paul is shifting from justification by faith to inheritance by faith. You see, there's something about a genealogy that defines inheritance, isn't there? That's really all I cared about my German heirs was one of them, a great duke who had no sons and therefore maybe I would become his heir. But when it comes to Christ, we become heirs of the promise. Heirs of heaven. More particularly, we are also heirs of Abraham because the Abrahamic covenant is a covenant with a promise. And the who of the promise is in verse 16. Two heirs, Abraham and his seed. 
The Judaizers, who were Paul's enemies, to which he is addressing in this Galatian epistle, used the word seed collectively, specifically of an ethnic progeny. But Paul interprets the recipient as Christ. The seed of Christ. The descendants of Christ. So the covenant was never confined to the physical or the material, but in Christ by metonymy or substitution that He represents a spiritual progeny. Spiritual sons and daughters. Why is that significant? Well, look at verse 29. Galatians chapter 3. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs of the promise. At that moment, you are recognized that you are a son of Abraham. And the promises of the Abrahamic covenant fall to you. We are sons of promise. Think about it. All of us know uh, people that are uh, perhaps uh, born uh, challenged in some way. Maybe their families are broken. Uh, Maybe there's great challenges in their lives because of their families. This is our family. We are sons of the promise. Spiritually, related to Abraham. And the great promises that flow through him to Christ therefore flow to us because as sons, we are heirs. If you will, we're related to Christ and Abraham spiritually. If you will, we are sons of the King. I think of all people who are born in challenging circumstances, whether physically or spiritually, and all of us know people, and perhaps uh, numbered among us are such. Think spiritually, not physically. Sons of the King. In the will of God. Heirs of all the blessings of eternal life. That's why knowing your spiritual genealogy is profoundly important. Uh, Didn't used to be important to me. It now is because of this fact. And we should know our spiritual genealogy because the blessings accrue to us. So the promise of the Abrahamic covenant falls to all who are in Christ. I think uh, the text is an echo of Genesis 3.15 and the Gospel. I think it's an also, also an echo of Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. Uh, you know this is the last servant song. Listen to the words, Isaiah 53.10, but the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would remit, render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. The word in the Hebrew is literally seed. He will see his descendants because God will make it happen. The power of God will flow to all of the descendants and Christ will see them in a moment, in one simple promise in the fourth servant song. Our genealogy is sealed because Christ will see us. 
He will prolong his days and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And those blessings flow to us. So I don't know, maybe you're here this morning and you're discouraged about some event in your life. I mean, I, I get that. I yeah, Sometimes whimper and moan. Say, Lord, why me? But you understand who you are. It should change that. It should cast a new light upon it. And we should recover our spiritual genealogy because it's of the greatest of significance. We're the sons of Abraham, the sons of the promise. We're related to Christ, the great son of the king. We belong to him. That our spiritual genealogy is related to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father decreed it. The Son purchased it. And the Spirit applies it. So the Scriptures, uh, beyond the physical progeny of Abraham who lose their significance, uh, also include Gentiles uh, to be the sons of Abraham. Let's document this from the book of Acts. Paul has taught us that uh, by faith we are related to Abraham. Uh, But let's confirm the reality in terms of Gentiles. Uh, In Acts chapter 10, uh, as you know, the Apostle Peter is the great subject here. Uh, He's the apostle to the Jews. In Acts chapter 10, he's called by God to go to Cornelius, uh, which is very interesting, centurion and a Gentile, and Peter is speaking in his home. And believe it or not, Gentiles are present. Let's look at Acts chapter 10, verses 43-45. Of him... All the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him has received forgiveness of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. And all of the circumcised, or the Jews, all the Jewish believers who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles also. In a moment of time, God in His grace is teaching Peter that it's for Gentiles as well. Related spiritually in their genealogy to the great Spirit of God. That's part of your genealogy. The Spirit of God in the new birth. The Spirit of God fell upon you and gave you the new birth. Important genealogy. And then in Acts chapter 11, Peter goes to the great Jerusalem council. All of the Jewish Christians were saying, hey, what's this going on? We hear these rumors that Gentiles are coming to faith. I mean, that can't be. You've got to be of the progeny of Abraham. This great argument going on in the church. Uh, Look at Acts chapter 11, verses 17 to 18. If God therefore gave to them the same gift as He gave to us also after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? And when they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well then, 
God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. What's the bottom line of the argument of the great Jerusalem council in Acts chapter 11? Can Gentiles come to faith? And now they know they can. And notice something, the grace of God. God gave to the Gentiles repentance that leads to life. You see the grace of God there? You see your relationship to the power and the grace of God? Uh, we oftentimes proclaim in the church that uh, become a Christian, faith and repentance in Jesus Christ. How do we come to faith and repentance? God gives it, doesn't He? He gave to the Gentiles repentance that leads to life. It's important to recognize the human side of Salvation, we do repent, I get that. We do believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I certainly affirm that. You know why we do? That's the point here. God gives it an act of His grace. The importance of our spiritual genealogy. I bet some of you were, what in the world is Bowersock going to do with Genesis 11? This is tedious stuff. Ten generations. I bet nobody in this room, well, maybe somebody you can, but I certainly can't. I can't name you the ten generations of the Bowersox family. I really don't care. I care about this one. This one. The grace of God in Jesus Christ and that He gave me repentance. As a result, the early church confirms that Gentiles too are heirs of Abraham because of Christ. I feel sad for many in our culture. They don't have significance. Losing meaning and purpose. We have a great, terrible drug epidemic because people don't know who they are, why they're here, what they're to be about. Pray for them. Share the Gospel with them. But you and I are different. We know who we are. Sons of the promise. We know why we're here. Sons of the King, to proclaim His greatness, His majesty. We know what we're to be about. And all of those things. Why? Because of our spiritual genealogy. Didn't used to be important to me. It now is. It's important for you to recognize uh, that your spiritual genealogy, your relationship to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is profoundly important to you. It's a very compressed genealogy, isn't it? Such and such begets such and such, and on and on. They had other sons and daughters. It's compressed here. If you know Christ, you are related to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit by His sovereign grace. Switching away from the apostle to the Jews, uh, the Apostle Paul was the Apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, in his Ephesian epistle, he establishes our genealogy uh, in one simple prepositional phrase. In Christ. That's a compressed genealogy. We are in Christ. Uh, that phrase is used eight times 
in Ephesians chapter 1. In Christ. That is your genealogy. If you're in Christ. Just going to look at one reference. Verses 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 1. In Him. You also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit to promise. In Him. Notes used here in one verse two times. In Him. In Christ. Who has given us a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. He's the pledge of our inheritance. God gave us a power to be in Christ and gave us a pledge and sealed us by the Holy Spirit to promise. What's Paul telling the Gentiles church at Ephesus? That they too are in the line of inheritance. Uh, every uh, year I get the... I, I, I'm a, I read Forbes magazine just... Every year they have Forbes 400, the richest 400 in America. The 400 comes, by the way, a, a very wealthy um, uh, New York socialite family uh, who could fit 400 people in one of her drawing rooms and have a dance. That's a big drawing room. How'd you like to be related to one of those families? Well, physical wealth. Look, this is wealth. This is heaven. All the joys and delights, and even in this life, this is meaning, purpose, significance. Um, by God's grace, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul tells us that God made us alive. Verse 8, by grace through faith. Uh, and not of any works of our own, lest anybody should boast. In other words, it's not physical. It's in divine grace. Spiritual generation. He goes on to say that formerly Gentiles were excluded and strangers to the covenant, the promise. Verse 12. And then in verse 13, but in Christ, we have been brought near. In other words, the promises are ours too. We're going to study the Abrahamic promises as we uh, continue through the book of Genesis. We're heirs of that promise. The conclusion of the matter. Verse 19, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Sons of God. A compressed spiritual genealogy. I trust it's yours. I trust you're a member of that household by faith in Christ. Heirs of the promise. Belonging to Him is the greatest relationship and inheritance of all time. I'm sure a lot of people would like to say, i I'm an heir of Sam Walton or someone else. I, mean, I, I don't know. Rockefellers. Kennedys. By the way, have you ever studied and read about any of those families? Man, once you get away from the first generation, it's almost sheer disaster. 
with every son and daughter. It's incredibly and profoundly sad. Not to us. We belong to the king. We are heirs of his kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's our significance. A wash in a culture of seemingly irrelevance. Regardless of our station in life, we can hold our heads high. We can walk with confidence and hope and assurance because we are sons of the King. Our name is in His will. And He will never leave us, never abandon us, will ultimately call us unto Himself. I would also remind you that every other spiritual genealogy is excluded from the promises of God. Only this one. In Christ. In Christ alone. By His grace. So maybe when Ronnie was reading uh, the ten generations from Shem to Abraham, you, you began to daydream of it a little bit. And I mean, I get that. I'm, I read this chapter. I thought, oh, how in the world am I going to deal with all these names? And I began to wonder myself. Then you realize this is our genealogy. We're related to Abraham by faith. We are his sons. His promises accrue to us in Christ. I, uh, I hope now you can go away saying, I know my spiritual genealogy. It's very important to me. I'm related to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit by the grace of God. And I'm written, I'm written in His inheritance and will. His last testament has my name in it. Because of Christ, our spiritual genealogy is by divine grace and power. With the assurance, every day we should have the assurance that we are the sons of God and His heirs. And uh, may that encourage us in our daily living, empower us when we get perhaps downtrodden and discouraged, and uh, cause all to whom we come in contact with to see a measure of hope and promise in our lives uh, because of who we are and because of our spiritual genealogy in Christ.